Hey, good day, guys. This is the second installment of Backstage with Eddie Mack, which is the spinoff show of my main core show, Setting Stages, where I'm usually interviewing a guest. Well, Backstage with Eddie Mack, the spinoff show, the premise of it is basically me explaining my experiences from the past or maybe some current events that are happening to me and what I'm learning from them. And I'm hoping that this information that I give to you on a more intimate and personal level is something that you can take and apply into your world. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Here's the second installment of Backstage with Eddie Mack. Stage with Eddie Mack. All right. It is February 2019. The new year is in full swing and we are a month in. And I figured this is a great time for me to recap the biggest lesson that I learned in 2018. And I'm definitely still applying that lesson to this day. It's not easy. It is a very simple lesson, but man, is it powerful and very complex in all the layers and the way that it can apply. So give you a little background of why I'm doing this episode. Back in December of 2018, I put out on Instagram, you know, those questions that you can ask and like people can ask you questions. Well, I asked my audience members a question, which was, what is the biggest lesson that you learned in 2018? And I got some really cool responses and I gave my insight 15 seconds long worth of insight based on what those lessons were. So the responses ranged from things like consistency is key. That's a good one. Patience. Don't wait. Go for it. Uh, You deserve better. Speak or nothing will change. Uh, Show up for myself through mental health and every every adversity. Show up and focus on the goal. Uh, Life is too short. So you get the idea. I've got tons and tons of uh, great responses, and I try to do the best I can with the 15 seconds that I'm given on Instagram stories to give my insight on those lessons. Well, I never actually shared the biggest lesson that I learned in 2018. And the biggest lesson that I learned was actually during a podcast recording during Setting Sages back in 2018. I sat down with a man named Nick Kiamohavang, and I really have trouble saying his last name, so I hope I didn't butcher that, Nick, if you're listening. But Nick is a Buddhist monk, and he is also a previous dancer who went real estate agent, and from real estate agent, he became a licensed marriage and family therapist, and then he went off to Thailand to go uh, become a monk. And and in any case, so he's gone through some crazy, crazy changes, and I think that's really wonderful that he was so willing to make those changes in his life. And I think the reason why he did it is because of the lesson that he talks about in that episode. And uh, the episode, if you want to go listen to it, uh, I'll, I'll put a, a tag on it or link it to this description so that you can listen to it for yourself. But that lesson was to honor your spirit. And what that meant to Nick, and I'm paraphrasing from what he described to me, but it is to stay true to himself, to whatever it is that he feels in his heart, in his gut, in his spirit. He didn't betray any decision or any activity or action that felt right to him. 
And so long as he was doing just to his spirit and his heart, then he was going in the direction that he was intended to. And that has actually opened up a lot of truth to him. Um, he became very honest with himself and stopped creating stories around certain issues in his life. And once he became honest with himself, he felt a lot more free. He felt a lot more uh, liberated in making decisions and not thinking, overthinking any actions that he might want to do in order to improve his life or his well-being and just find and sustain his happiness. So, um, you know, I, I after hearing him describe it, man, I was just, I was feeling so uplifted from the idea of honoring my own spirit. There are so many times, and I think that you can relate to this, that we encounter maybe a decision that makes it very difficult for us to determine whether we should move forward with that decision and or go against it. And what are the repercussions of making or not making that decision or taking a leap of faith or not taking that leap of faith? There are so many risks involved, whether that is a financial risk or maybe a reputational risk, um, you know, what it boils down to as far as honoring your spirit, however, is once you realize or once you um, embrace the idea of, em- of embodying the spirit that you have and actually making the decision based on what's true to your heart, you become free. And I found myself as I listened to Nick's, Nick's description was that I wasn't true to myself in so many different areas of my life. There are certain stories that I made up in my life that made me feel like I was doing the right thing or think that I was doing the right thing. But deep, deep down inside, in my very, very darkest corner of my heart um, and in my gut, something just wasn't right. And instead of creating the truth or telling myself and facing the truth, I ended up moving forward, kind of creating this lie that it was okay to move forward with the indecision that I had made in any particular scenario. I know I'm speaking in generalities here, but let me give you one specific example that I wanted to share in this episode that I think many of you can relate to. And if you can't, maybe you can take some nuggets of information from my story And maybe it'll apply in a decision that perhaps you are going through right now. So this whole uh, embracing the truth and honoring my spirit really kind of dates back to 2017. So, um, and this is the biggest lesson that I learned in 2018. It just goes to show how long it took for me to realize this truth and, and actually apply this lesson. Okay. So in 2017, I was, um, some, some things had changed in the dynamic and logistics of my family, particularly with my children. Um, the Basically what it was is that I was depending very heavily on my parents to take my kids to and from school and also friends uh, in our neighborhood to and from school. And the reason why I had depended so much on them, and mind you, it didn't just depend on them for that year. I mean, I depended on them for eight years. Um, but yeah, so... The whole thing was that I depended on my parents to take them to and from school, to and from practice um, for their sports. And in fact, I even 
um, missed a lot of their sports events. And the reason why we depended so much on my parents was because, one, they lived with us, and uh, Filipino families just, I don't know, they really embrace the uh, the whole, you know, it takes a village to raise a family and that whole bit. But anyway, I, dig- I digress. They were very helpful, and they were very um, willing to do that for us. But furthermore, um, my wife and I, G and I, um, have a had a commute, and my commute was about an hour and twenty minutes, you know, with normal traffic from where I lived to where I worked, and then G was working uh, just under about an hour away's drive, uh, again with normal traffic. Any fender bender on our commute would have created another, you know, twenty to thirty minutes, and it's just it's just terrible. In any case, because of our work schedules and because of the commute that was involved. Um, we really couldn't be there to drop our own children off to school and not, and and even pick them up from school or even be there for an emergency on a moment's notice. Like it was just, it was really terrible. But um, you know, we did it, or I personally, I did it, and I continued to do so uh, to do this commute, and and work in the position that I did. Primarily because financially it was a great fit for my family. I was earning a great wage. I had a great compensation plan, and I had a way of providing financially to my fam- for my family, paying a mortgage and paying for their sports, um, among other things, and 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 even took some vacations. You know, uh, somewhere in between. Um, you know, the last couple the couple of years prior to that 2017 year. Well, so the logistics changed. And what happened was basically my parents who lived with us at the time uh, ended up buying their own home. So congratulations, huge, huge jump for them because, uh, you know, they're, they're basically, my dad's retired and my mom's on the brink of retirement. It was about time that they, you know, had their own spot to just kind of be together and, and live you know, retired life, whatever that might feel like. And I'm looking forward to that myself. Anyway, so because of them moving into their own home, that changed the ability of them being able to drop off and pick up my children to and from school, to and from practice. And for a little bit, we started to depend very heavily on friends to take them to and from school and to and from practice. And in looking at that scenario, I felt so ashamed, like I felt so embarrassed that I wasn't even being a dad. I mentioned just a few moments ago that I even missed several uh, sporting events that my kids had like so they play football and their games were on Friday nights while working about an hour and 20 minutes away from uh, where I live on a Friday night coming from the coast of California southern uh, southern California and Carlsbad and driving into the valley of Temecula um it, technically Murrieta is where I was uh, where I'm living and that that commute on a Friday evening is horrendous. If you're not on the road by 1230 in the afternoon on a Friday, you're going to be stuck in traffic for an easy two hours. Well, their football games were Friday nights. And by the time I got off of work, which was range, which ranged anywhere from 530 to sometimes even 7pm, there's no way in hell I was going to make any football game. In fact, I probably made it to about two, maybe three of their football games out of nine. And that's just one of my kids. Imagine the other kid whose football game was at five o'clock. I'm still at work an hour and 20 minutes away with normal traffic. But on a Friday evening, there's no way in hell I was going to make those games. And so there was a whole season where I didn't even see a single one of my son's games. And I just felt so embarrassed and so ashamed that I couldn't do that. 
So push came to shove because of this whole logistics change. And so either myself or G or both of us would have to move work closer to home. So we were scrambling, looking for positions within our respective companies to try to find a way to move our jobs closer to where we live so that we can actually be parents and drop off our kids and take them to school and things like that. And, um, what ended up happening is that was a position that opened in my company that was within range here in the area that I live in, and I went with it. Now, I hesitated to do it. I took a lot of consideration into making this move. Uh, I seeked out or sought out the counsel of, obviously, my wife. Uh, I sought out the counsel of my manager and to see if this was really going to be the right move. Um, but I also didn't really have a choice, and I was kind of running out of time considering my parents were going to be moving out. If not, then who else was I going to depend on to make this family function work? Um, well, anyways, I ended up moving forward with the decision. Now, why was it so hard for me to do that? Because from a financial standpoint, this position was going to pay me significantly less. Yes, it was within my same company. Of course, I tried to fight to keep, you know, uh, my wage high and everything like that. But, you know, what, what it all boils down to is that I had taken a step down from my management and leadership position to one that was lower, and that constituted for me to get paid less. And that was a scary thought because, again, the reason why I stuck around in the job and the position that I was in for so long and making that commute, uh, believing that it was worthwhile to me is because it paid me well. And now in the grand scheme of things, when I look back on it paying me well, I said that I was commuting for eight years, been with the company for 16. So eight of those years I was commuting. My son is nine years old. My youngest son, he's nine. And I missed so many of his football games. I wasn't there for several events. I didn't pick him up from school. I barely even actually got home in time to see him brush his teeth before he went to bed. Eight years of this, and he is nine years old. Just to give you a little perspective, I literally missed more than half of his life as his dad. And that's a shame. Now, having made the move it obviously wasn't going to be easy, so it took a lot of planning, a lot of budgeting, and a lot of, you know, you know, making sacrifices in certain spending areas and things like that just to make this situation work. And I'll tell you what, when that move happened, my commute went from an hour and 20 minutes to 11 minutes. 11 minutes. I gained back an hour and nine minutes of my life one way. Now, multiply that by two ways, five days a week, and you're looking at a total of about 15 to 20 hours of my life on the road. That's ridiculous. And to know that I have been able to gain that time back, I'll tell you what, in the first two weeks, the first two weeks of me commuting for 11 minutes, I found myself cooking and having breakfast with my children before they went to school. I dropped them off to school. I was able to, on any given moment, answer to an emergency call if there was one. Unfortunately, there wasn't, but I had that peace of mind. And I also found myself coming home and being able to do homework with my kids and actually have dinner with my wife and all four of us seated at the dinner table. 
when you rewind the tape just three weeks prior to all of this feeling all great, I wasn't even coming home in time for dinner. I was home, like I said, barely in time to see my kids brush their teeth to say goodnight to them. I was having dinner by myself while my wife had already done the homework check, had already finished cleaning the dishes, had cooked dinner, and is now resting from her work day and mom day on the sofa watching television. And that's chill. That She needed that. And I was having dinner by myself. And when I looked at the situation in that first two weeks and I look back on what it, what it used to be, I immediately knew that I had done the right thing and that I had probably should have done this a long time ago. And I realized that it took push and shove for me to be put in this position. And yet here I was doing it and as hesitant as I was because of the income, I found myself happier. The way that I had carried myself, my body language, my energy was higher. My kids can feel it. I'm, I'm able to see a whole lot more of them and they're able to see a whole lot more of me. I'm able to spend my time in areas that are um, important to me, things that I'm passionate about, like this show. Setting stages would not have aired as many episodes as it did had it not been for the time that I was able to invest in it and i've found that i've become even more passionate in this in this podcast game because of the time that i was able to regain and then my wife the relief of of her not having to deal with the excess baggage of my commute all of the stress that i had put together uh, that i had you know compiled in my day or over the course of weeks that i had pent up i'd come home with that baggage and and lay it out you know, and, and it showed on my, in my body language. I didn't yell at her or take it out on her or anything like that. But she knew that I was really, really heavy on stress. And that's not even a word that I used in my vocabulary. I kept it out of my vocabulary because I didn't want to feel it. Well, I mean, I, bottom line was I did feel it. Now, here's the deal. What I was hoping for when I had moved and made this position change and, you know, you know, docking my pay and all that is, you know, the moment that another management position were to open up in my company, I'm going to go ahead and apply for it. And lo and behold, about six to seven months into the into this, you know, this position, one did open up and. I applied. Of course I applied because think about it. I'm going to be in the position that I was well acquainted with. I had a lot of experience in 11 years of experience in that position, 12 years specifically in that position. You know, I had a lot going in my direction. My reputation was good um, and it carried over into this new district that I was working in and it was going to pay me just as much and if not potentially more um, if I had taken it on and they offered me the position. So I applied for that position. And as I did, you know, the next day or so, I, I started to kind of think about it. And for some reason, I started to feel really heavy. And I didn't feel comfortable. And I felt a little wishy-washy about the decision that I had made to apply for this position. The pay was going to be good. I was still going to be close to home. Why not? It seemed to make sense, right? And I look back on that lesson that I learned during the podcast that I recorded with Nick. Honor your spirit. And something inside of me dwelling and festering inside of my gut didn't feel right. I had the day off um, on the, th the second day as I was waiting for a response from my application. And I gave Nick a call. 
I said, Nick, listen, I applied for this position and you know my situation and he knew about you know the change that I made and everything, taking the step down and making less money and all of that stuff. And I told him about the, the position that I applied for and he said, well, there's really only two things that are happening here, Eddie. You, one, you've got to tell yourself the truth in either scenario. Um, one of those two things is one, you tell yourself the, the truth behind you even applying for this position is for what reason? And I said, for the money. And he said, okay, so you need to honor your spirit by telling yourself the truth that despite you feeling uncomfortable with making this decision to apply for the job, you have a financial responsibility to maintain your household and support your family. And he was like, what is it that's holding you back? Why are you feeling indecisive about that application? And I said, well, that position that I was in before, as good as I may have been or thought that I was, and as good as I may have been to my manager's eyes when I was in that leadership role, I really wasn't very happy and fulfilled in it. And in fact, I came home with a lot of excess baggage that my wife and kids didn't really deserve to see and experience from me. And I just don't want to feel that again because ultimately the job, as great as it paid and as cool as it felt to be in that role, I wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't passionate about it. And there were only certain aspects of it that I liked. Anyways, that's that's basically what I explained to Nick. And he said, well then the other truth is that you will not continue with that application because you're not fulfilled and you're not passionate about that. And that would be betraying your spirit as opposed to honoring it. And Eddie, to be honest with you, I think you already know the answer and what decision you're about to make. And in that moment, when Nick said that to me, it's like the brightest light bulb had turned on in the house and I just realized he was right, and I was right the whole time, but I kept beating around with the decision because I felt weirdly obligated to make more money. And I put away, and I set aside, and I pushed out the window all of those great things about being home, having dinner as a family, the smile that I get to see more often from my children, the happiness that I got to feel and the love that I got to feel from them and my wife was so rewarding. And yet almost in an instant, I almost pushed all of that out the door and it was stupid. It was stupid. And so the biggest lesson that I learned in 2018 was to honor my spirit. Everything that I had felt, all of the great and fulfilling and passion that I had for what I was experiencing was so much more important to my heart, to myself, to my happiness, that I could not betray that. And so it applies in so many other areas of my life. This show, for instance, putting my heart on a freaking platter for everyone to hear and be intimate is true to my spirit. I love helping other people. I love learning about other people. And I love to share my experiences to hopefully benefit somebody else for their life. That's why I share this story. 
It's true to my spirit. As scary as it was, as vulnerable as it feels for me to actually express my financial burden, for me to express the depression that I was experiencing so many years, and not being a good enough or present enough father for so many fucking years is meaningful to me. It is true and honest. And I just want you guys to feel that in yourself. Don't lie to yourself. You've got to tell yourself the truth. You've got to be true to your spirit because it's so worth it. I get really emotional just thinking about it because you can't, you can't continue your life telling yourself a lie and thinking that it's going to be all right or even putting out that facade that everything's going to be all right. God. <laughs> I am sincerely so much happier because of that decision. <clears throat> and I just hope that that lesson that I learned in 2018 is one that you can take and apply in your world too. I hope you guys have an awesome day. I think I got to cut it off at that point. I'm, I'm definitely happier um, despite the quiver in my voice. It is, um, these are, this is a choke up of happiness because I'm just so overwhelmingly grateful and um, appreciative of having someone like Nick in my corner, having someone like my wife in my corner. Um, and shout out to my boy Milad who helped me make that decision too. Because sometimes the hardest decision and the right decision are the same exact fucking thing. Peace. Backstage with Eddie Mack.